This podcast is for education purposes only. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed are the speaker's own and do not represent the views, thoughts, and opinions of the United States Marine Corps, United States Navy, or any other Department of Defense entity. The material and information presented here is for general information only. Goodbye. Goodbye, uh, RP3. RP3. Thank She's you. leaving us alone, John. Leaving us alone. There this goes is our not editor, a wise our idea. Our editor, our director, our producer. Because when the two of us, without supervision, it can turn into a, We're a, a huge issues. Yeah. Perhaps even illegal activities. But, it, anything but could go. We're never sure what's going to happen when she leaves us, but farewell. It's the Good first luck. time you've left? Yeah, well. And you know how to turn the stop. I, I know what I'm doing. I, well, you know, we'll see what happens. All right, we'll see you. See you. Well, welcome back to the No Way Out podcast. John, you, as always, I just have to compliment on this uh, flannel. We're looking very uh, like a mountain man. <laughs> yes. Uh, is yeah, this yeah. I, I dress. Wintertime. Wintertime. Flannel is the new sexy. Is it? Yes, I had no yeah. idea that flannel is the new sexy. I need to inform my <laughs> yeah. wife. Inform your wife. Beth needs to know that flannel is the new sexy. Okay, I, I'm going to wear flannel, and let's, I'm going to see how she looks at me. Yeah, and, and I it. hope, I hope this will lead to. Well, we'll just leave it at that. Well, you um, already have a dapper. Your haircut is like hipster already. Yeah, well, it's the marine hipster. So, so flannel, and if you have some jeans, you could roll uh -huh. up four inches. Four inches. Crease them up where the gray is showing in your and, jeans. And Doc Martens? What, what no, kind of, no, no, camper. <laughs> camper. Camper. Well, of course, but not everybody knows camper, John. Camper. Well, you're, you're, you're a trendsetter. That's right. And thank you for saying <laughs> I look dapper. I just feel like I look old. You look... Fantastic. But I appreciate you saying that every time. We're so excited, Welcome, John. Today everybody. we have uh, Adam Vandiver, who's with us today. I'm excited, and he serves as the EPBHC specialist uh, for the Fifth Marine Regiment. That's and quite the alphabet. It's yeah. a huge acronym, which 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 we'll get into. We'll here in unpack a that. Uh, alphabet. Do, you guys, do you guys know how to properly say that? Oh no! Please enlighten us. Epic. Epic. Epic, which one would believe to be E-P-I-C. No. But say those initials again. It might uh, actually turn into that. It might. It well, could. Yeah, 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 All right. Yeah, yeah. For my sake, it will, yeah, yeah, it will, yeah. All right. it will read, turn Read the that. initials again. E-P-B-H-C. Epic. Epic. Stands okay. for Embedded Preventive Behavioral Health Capability Specialist. Boom. You wow, heard it there. there. You heard it, listening audience. And let me just tell you a little bit about Adam. Uh, for our audience. Adam was a prevention coordinator for the California Army National Guard from 2008 to 2013. He also worked in rehabilitation centers as direct staff and treatment provider for clients with alcohol, substance abuse disorders, and on and on and on. Adam was also in the IRR, the Individual Ready Reserve, from 2003 to 2007. Prior to that, he was also active duty in the Army. Sorry, Marines, you know, <laughs> we'll have to be kind to him today. Be kind. Uh, from 1994 to 2003. Sure. So he's been in the dirt as well. In the dirt. And he started as a PFC in the build of Spanish Voice Interceptor, which I found really interesting, and later became a Medical Service Corps officer, officer promoting up to the rank of captain. Uh, his assignments included Panama, Kosovo, and all... and. The Operation Iraqi Freedom. So, Adam, welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome, Adam. Thank you. And so first and foremost, yeah, first and foremost, I just, John and I, with this podcast, we've been trying to invite individuals on who work with behavioral health, with mental health, with suicidal awareness, to just give our Marines and sailors some knowledge on 
these are the people that we work with. These are the people who are here to help guide your life and also mentor you. And I just want to, if you could explain to me what EPIC stands for and what your job here uh, for SmartDiv is for everybody, our listening audience, please. Yeah, Embedded Preventive Behavioral Health Capability Specialist. Um, We have a rather long position description that was written 10 plus years ago. I don't know know, how, how accurate it is right now. Um, it changes. I mean, this position has been here for 10 years and I've been here for eight. What we do has evolved over time. You know, not just us, that happens with everybody, but also varying from command to command, you have people that want you to do different things. And then there's also people come here with different strengths. So some specialists, uh, have a heavy emphasis on data and statistics, Others are very good instructors. Others are into writing policy. Um, so there's different different things that you can focus on depending on what you're asked to do and what your strengths are. And I've, I've seen kind of that evolution within myself. In fact, year to year is kind of different for me because each year I'm trying to figure out, hey, what's working, what's, what's not working, what do we continue? And what do we try? What should we try different to get different results? So even year to year is kind of different. Yeah. So I've I've had years where I have a heavy emphasis on teaching and instructing, doing classes. Then other years it's focused towards data collection and um, sharing that information. I would say present day, it's more about uh, writing policy, writing a good campaign plan, and then helping manage that helping commands accomplish it is there any one area that you're most passionate about as you're saying there's depending on the epic um there's different strengths so what are your strengths what are what are you passionate i think it's turned into helping marines make good choices especially with their off time Mm. Wow, this is exactly what what our podcast is all about. (laughs) Listening audience, hear that one. Helping Marines make good decisions with their off time. Make good decisions with their off time. Specifically, recreationally. Yeah. What are things that they can do when they're off? And I I find that absolutely fascinating. Something you sent me uh, regarding the human performance for resiliency, this reading list. You gave me a reading list, and now, John, I have to start learning reading. again, <laughs> reading these books. But yeah. one, I, I was really fascinated. Uh, you and I both, John, we work with a lot of Marines and sailors and also Adam on trying to convince them exactly what you're saying on your off time. What what are we doing? And I had this experience. I was able to meet LeBron James's point guard who played for the Miami Heat, Norris Cole, when they won championships. I, I don't know how this even happened. It, it how was, do I not know It was this? at some that's, leadership conference. I don't fantastic. know what it was at. But I remember, I'm like, I got to go ask this guy because I love basketball. I played basketball growing up. I follow basketball. I'm a diehard Utah Jazz fan, which they always are terrible and break my heart. They're actually doing really well now. I know. Right now we're doing okay. You know, <laughs> But that's what they do. This is, this is it. They make you feel good for a little bit, then they break your heart. And, and 20 years but ago, Norris they were Cole, I asked him... Uh, I, I just had to go ask him about LeBron James. I mean, if you played with this guy for a number of years, and Pat Riley, who's a all, he, he's the uh, president at the Miami Heat as well. So you have these legends of basketball. Yeah. And I asked him, 
I said, what makes, I know LeBron's an amazing basketball player. I know that he's physically gifted, but what made him great just by watching him? Like what, what did you absorb from him? And he goes, this dude, when he's alone, that's what made him great. Like when he's not around other people and at practice, he is doing his mental fitness stuff. He's got his gurus. He's working on his body. He's eating the right way. He's going to church. He's like, he's, all these lists of things he started telling me, he goes, and that's what I was in awe of. Is like when he's alone, that's when he's great. That's what propelled him perhaps to, not, one of the things that propelled him to that full person that he is now mm -hmm. rather than just a basketball player. Those things all led into him being a, a better professional athlete, a better professional basketball player. I'm like, oh, I didn't really think about that. You know, uh, when you go away from home, how are you? When how are you behaving when you're by yourself? And yeah. when you're talking about uh, what you sent me was ways from the physical d domain, books to help you with the physical fitness, right? Social fitness, spiritual fitness, mental fitness. And so tell me why you're so passionate about each one of those. Or why don't we start with one that you like or that you feel well-versed in, why it's so important in one of these domains. Well, I think the you're talking about LeBron is um, a great example. I mean, first, I mean, you have to acknowledge that he has genetics yeah, like, yeah. like nobody else does, yeah. um, which that's kind of the baseline. If you're going to make it in professional sports, right. you got to have the genetics. <laughs> uh, but what he's doing at his age... I think you're absolutely right. Um, it's kind of unprecedented, especially in basketball, yeah. to be able to play at 39, 39 or 40 at the level he is, like the statistics that still like MVP quality mm -hmm. level statistics. I don't know if we've seen that before. It's not an accident. He does that on purpose with everything that he does when he's not playing basketball, mentally, physically. He's working on his body. He's taking care of it. He's eating right. He's getting, I'm sure he's probably getting at least eight hours of sleep, um, which is another vital component to physical fitness. Yeah, let's touch on this sleep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I was brought up, and John, perhaps you were as well, as you know, what makes a great, it's hard, it's work, 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 yeah. work. You don't sleep. When you think about a lawyer and all those lawyer shows that you watch, sure. I, don't, I don't know, they they drank a little bit and then they'd fall asleep. Yeah. It, it just seemed work, 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 work. And Heart we identify driving. ourselves with work. And yeah. you almost are ashamed, I would say, to say, oh, I got eight hours of sleep last night. Oh, what are you, lazy? Yeah. Like, you're, you're, either, you're, you're either a sissy or masculinity dictates that the early, the early bird catches the worm. So if you are a hard driver, you get, if you're lucky, you get three or four hours sleep. Right. Then you're up and you're in the gym. You go to the gym before the sun ever comes up. And then you do that. And then you, if you shower at all, then you get into work. And you're there before the lights come on so yeah. that everybody knows. Exactly. You're in, the, you're in the shop first. And that's what's privileged. And here comes this other research and stuff suggesting, wait a minute. Sleep is really important. <laughs> so, so tell us about sleep, Adam. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Um, I think physical is a great place to start. That's kind of like the building block. I definitely want to go into the other areas as well. Yeah. I, I can think of a couple of, like a personal example, and then also like an example that's going on in California. So for myself, last year was a really busy, stressful, difficult year for, for, for me. I had really high anxiety, and I really had to work on myself. Um, 
to manage that. And one thing that I noted uh, that I noticed that really brought it down was at the end of the year, I typically have user lose leave and that's mm-hmm. when I use it right around the holidays. So I took a month off. Um, and then I also had to use some sick leave cause I, I got sick too, but that's so I was gone for about a month hmm. before I took that leave. I had a really difficult time sleeping because my stress level was really high. So uh, I had difficulty falling asleep. And when I did fall asleep, it felt like I was asleep for five minutes and then I'd wake up again. But once I took this leave and I was away from work uh, for several weeks, a month, that changed. I was able to get my sleep back. I could sleep and not wake up. Uh, So that had... It was interesting to note that the importance of sleep. And if you're not, I mean, golly, I mean, we could talk about sleep for this whole podcast, sure. if not more, but it was just referenced yesterday in the training that we did for CEB, mm-hmm. the um, alcohol awareness and DUI prevention. The deputy talked about it or somebody, somebody asked a question and the deputy gave the exact right answer that sleep deprivation, depending on how sleep deprived you are. Uh, can look exactly like somebody that's under the influence of alcohol yeah. or drugs. I think he referenced um, you know, somebody that's particularly sleep-deprived um, could be the equivalent of somebody with a 0.16 blood alcohol content. Wow. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I read a study, <laughs> interestingly enough, about how perhaps sleep deprivation led great leaders like Napoleon to perhaps make serious mistakes. Oh, Absolutely. That led to hundreds of thousands of deaths, losing battles, all kinds of things. And it dated back to how there was a story about Socrates when he was in the, the, the military, how they thought he was just this amazing person because he didn't sleep. He was able to like f- f- keep his post without sleeping for a few days, but it was kind of a mythology surrounding it. And that kind of became the, the thing is, oh, be like Socrates, like stay awake and fight, hard charge. The hard charger. But then all these other studies recognizing, oh my gosh, Napoleon got maybe one to two hours of sleep, tops. And then he went into Asia. They're starting to think, how did this lead to all these poor decisions of great leaders? Uh, Well, Napoleon, great. That's debatable, but they have an amazing shrine in Paris. If John, if you're going to go see it, go see his... uh, yeah, but I ever make that's it a fa- that study led me to think how you're thinking. I was like, oh my yeah. gosh, just it, something the blood, the alcohol level with sleep deprivation, making these poor decisions. I mean, it would be wonderful, right, if we didn't have to lose eight hours of our day to sleep. Sure. I mean, think of how much more we could get accomplished, but it just doesn't work that way. That's not that's not how we're biologically designed. Um, and I think there's also probably a macho component that comes with sure. it. Sure, absolutely. Of, yep. Yeah, you know, like, oh, you're weak if you get, if you need, you know, that much. I think you referenced that uh, a few minutes ago. We call it beauty sleep. Beauty yeah, sleep. Yeah, yeah. And maybe, maybe, maybe there is something where younger people can get away with less sleep than older people can. Sure. I mean, they're stronger immune systems, yes. But not forever. It's, it's kind of like a car. The human body is kind of like a car. You have to do regular maintenance on it or it will break down. Yeah. And if you ignore that check check engine light or, you know, change the oil, you ignore it for long enough and, you know, your engine will melt. Yeah. 
but I think this conversation naturally fits into the, the question of mental fitness, the mental domain that you like to discuss and think about, and all these amazing books that you sent me, The Talent Code, <laughs> Range, Why Generous Triumph in a Specialized World, Can't Hurt Me, Stillness in the Key. Uh, that, but you need to be able to sleep to even get to the mental fitness component, if I'm not mistaken. Obviously, you can work on it, but tell me about the mental domain. Yeah, I don't know how much more you could focus on the other areas if you're not getting enough sleep or, or not getting enough nutrition as well. Um, and then, of course... You know, the, I mean, those are the three, the building blocks of physical fitness, as probably most people know, is nutrition, sleep, and physical exercise. Got to start with those things. I mean, if you don't have one of those, I don't know how much farther you're going to make it <laughs> with uh, trying to build the rest of your physical fitness or even, you know, branching out. It's other areas are definitely going to be compromised if you don't have those. So how do you convince, Adam, a young 22-year-old corporal... <laughs> That they should read <laughs> and and to get some sleep and nutrition yeah, and right they uh, get they get exercise. <laughs> I mean that's, yeah that yeah gets, yeah that's part of our, our PT program. You know, but, but the fitness. nutrition and the sleep part, the two thirds of the equation are they tend to be um, ignored uh, or anxiety, fear, and worry are are waging such an attack at night that many people are just going from one thought to the next thought to the next thought, and they're up till two, three in the morning. They get an hour of sleep and, oh boy, time to wake up to start off the day again. So there are, how do you convince people? Like, I'm invincible, I'm young, I'm invincible. I don't need everything. I don't need all three of these things. And you're saying, this is really, these three things are crucial. They are. Building blocks to mental health, mental and spiritual wellness. A couple caveats for myself. First, I will say that there's no easy answers to difficult questions. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for the caveat. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I understand, you know, the need to asking these things and and to want to get quick, easy fixes, low hanging fruit. Yeah. I mean, that exists for certain things, but I don't know if it exists for this. Some people might say that I'm supposed to be a subject matter expert, but I don't know everything. <laughs> I do not. Neither do I. <laughs> do you, Dr. Taylor? No, sadly. I, Dr. No. Taylor has a PhD not, from Heidelberg University in Germany. I'm not any of that stuff. Smart philosopher in religious studies. <laughs> and uh, he doesn't know anything. I certainly don't know everything. And I think it's important to acknowledge that and to not try to convince people that you have the answers when you don't. Yeah. Or BS your way through an answer. I guess my best advice is be curious. Hmm. I still try to be that way, because. and I still try to learn something uh, as often as I can. Right, and in a way you're saying experiment. Human beings were biologically designed to be curious. So why do we expect perhaps a magic pill right. to solve the sleeping problem rather than being curious about your body, yourself, and recognizing, huh, I'll try this, I'll try that, I'll experiment with this, I'll read that book, I'll do this, because it is vital and it is very important, and I'm interested in this subject. Let's say, like to, to be meta, to be meta a little bit. We've seen kind of an evolution of reading books to now listening to books. Yeah, yeah. John and I, we I've, Audible. <laughs> I'm in the Audible. I am an Audible fan. It's the it's, first time in my right. life I've been able to Audible sponsors will take. And I would say podcast is kind of a version of that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, that seems to be what people now are into these days, as opposed to physically reading a book. Mm -hmm. They're now listening to it on their commutes. 
or you know when they're in yeah. their cars or while they're working yes <laughs> you know because we have to work a yeah. hundred hours and if we're not uh, reading a book then somehow we're also not a better or, or a better person a better we have person be curious i think is a very unique way to think about this question for the marines and sailors because i hear this all the time john you might hear too i just can't sleep i can't do it and i'm like shoot that sucks well how many days are we going on you know yeah. and yeah i think that's and that's I think it might much, be a problem. That's very than much going to limit about it. limit your desire and your ability to bring in new information when you're not sleeping. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There's no way you're functioning. You're you're groggy and and everything else that comes along with sleep deprivation. Oh, you reminded me of the other point that I wanted to make. Uh, oh, good. Which I was I was just reading about because I was curious about this because sometimes before I come to work. I go over to Pico to, you know, get uh, McDonald's, get you know, some breakfast and Very some coffee. Very healthy. Yeah. <laughs> That's not part of the nutrition that we're talking about. <laughs> this is not. Moderation <laughs> is and all For the listening audience, right. this is not in any way a slam to McDonald's. No. So depending on yeah. when I get there, um, some, so sometimes I catch the high school traffic and sometimes I don't. But I've kind of maybe curious, what time does high school start? Yeah. Like back when I was in high school, I mean... First class was 7 a.m. 7, yeah, 7.30, yeah. But now I, I just read this because I was curious about this. Mm-hmm. And so I followed up on it and I read that California has passed a law that for middle school and high school, you can't start earlier than 8 a.m. Yeah. And that's specifically because they, they recognize that teenagers need more sleep. Mm-hmm. And they'll perform better at school, behavior, you name it. They should have that with us. I remember right. as a teenager just being exhausted all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Except for when I was hanging out with my friends. Now I'm not exhausted. <laughs> but yeah, I remember waking up just, why do I feel like I'm going to die? And I remember asking my father this very question. He was, you know, like 50-something. I'm like, Dad, when you get older, are you going to feel this way every day when you wake up? And this was his answer. Yep. <laughs> And I just thought, shoot, dude. No other, no other comment. There, there was comment. no explanation, yep. no other comment. He's just like, yeah, just feel like yeah. <laughs> I'm tired. I feel like when I give my uh, when <laughs> I, I, I give my change. sons that that answer back, it's like now I've really like doomed. Their yes. thinking is like, oh man, I don't want to ever want to age, <laughs> right? Because it's like I go, I don't just say, yep. I'm like, back hurts, knee hurts, ribs hurt, hips hurt. Feet hurt. Everything hurts. Everything. Yes, that's the way it is, son. <laughs> Sorry I asked, Dad. And Yeah, but without any sleep or without with only two to three hours of sleep at John, your age and my age, it's even more problematic. Yeah. But as a teenager, I mean, they need to sleep. Their yeah. bodies are still growing, still developing, and we throw them into school like they're, uh, I don't know, a coal miner in the 1920s in England. Uh, just throw them in there and they're going to learn stuff. Uh, making it through the first two, you know, classes just in yeah. this haze. Yeah, and they don't even—they don't even need marijuana. They're just sleep deprived. There's, but yeah, like you're saying with this 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 concept, and California is studying the science behind it and thinking, okay, we're going to change some laws, change some policies, to see like an experiment. Be curious because we have the power to be curious with policy, if this helps with their. Uh, maybe test scores or their mental health, things of that nature. So I'm interested as well, like you are, because my middle school son, yeah, and my they go later than I did. It's fascinating, yeah. very interesting. The, so talking about the four components of total fitness, the physical fitness, mental, 
spiritual and social. I like to break them down kind of in ways that maybe a young Marine can understand better. Um, physical, you don't have to, to give. Um, that's probably the one that's easiest to understand yeah. without an explanation yep. to it. Sleep, nutrition. Push-ups. And doing your push-ups, yes. Um, you'll, go, you'll go far if you've, if you've got those three things. Mental fitness, uh, to me, is about learning. Reading a book, listening to a book, furthering your education. To me, that's all about learning. And I think one of the keys to learning is being curious. Yeah. Um, spiritual, I like to describe that as what motivates you. What keeps you going? That's different for different people. Yeah. So in a way with the spiritual component, finding meaning, that's the spiritual component. As what I'm hearing from you, Adam, is what keeps you going? Right. You know, we don't have the luxury, I know this sounds strange, of dying before the age of 40. Most likely we're all going to live till we're in our, you know, late 70s, early 80s, if current trends hold. I hope so. So do I. (laughs) And, And so that finding meaning finding purpose, finding spirituality. I mean, obviously, ancient times, they, they were figuring that stuff out as well. There's something there that you got to maybe taste and see or or feel or attach yourself to that. In my opinion, obviously, I'm a chaplain, but I don't care what you believe in unless it's harming other people. <laughs> what, what keeps you going and what's what, good for you, what works for you. And what's mm-hmm. the baseline foundational principle of that belief system that keeps you going? It could be, I want to be a better person for my son. Because I have, I have three boys. Yes. I, 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 as, I, mean, as I think that's, that's a great example of kind of like a built-in what keeps me going. If you have kids. Yeah. That's hopefully, yeah. <laughs> hopefully, yeah. <laughs> but maybe I, not for everybody. But yeah, I mean that that is that could be something I've got to you take build care a of these foundation. Beings. Yes, yeah, yeah. I've got to get up and take care of them, feed them, clothe them every single day. That's that that is a way to give somebody purpose. And I'm really drawn to this the the idea of like in total fitness, the spiritual meaning and purpose. Because how many conversations do we have with people every day where they feel purposeless? They feel they our lives are without meaning. And how do you get through your day with no meaning or purpose? We're always creating meaning. We always create. There are narratives constantly going on how we think in our belief system about things. But if our lives had no meaning or purpose, like I could see the absolute foundational importance of that, discovering that and living that. And where are they driven from? Values and virtues, uh, moral principles, ethics of living. And I mean, I, th- I think to a certain extent, if you're lucky, your leaders can help you with that. Yeah. I mean, they, they can't do it for you completely. Sure. But they can influence that. Influence at um, least, yeah. But really, it's ultimately on each person to find what their meaning is, what their purpose is. Mm-hmm. And you can't do that if you make your world very small. Yes. If your world is just working and then going to the barracks and drinking and playing video games, reset, repeat. Yeah. I doubt you're going to find what your purpose is just doing those things. That's an interesting point. Henry David Thoreau made some statements uh, about what human beings are and what they're capable of. He goes, well, I guess if, if you live that lifestyle that you just described, I eat, I work, video games, repeat. 
Well, this is what animals do. Animals eat, they sleep, they breed, and uh, then they die. They're not meaning-making. Some of them are, obviously, but human beings are meaning-makers. We make meaning out of everything. It's something as simple as a stupid LOL on a text thread or cry tears on a text, emojis. We, we make meaning out of everything. And so if you are not seeking for this higher or something powerful to attach yourself to, you're going to be at a huge disadvantage. You're going to feel like an animal who eats, sleeps, breeds, and dies and says, what's the point of all this nonsense? And you have 80 years of that. And that's not going to go well with, if you believe you're an animal, if you believe that's all you are and everything else, and it's not going to go well because you naturally, biologically, are going to make meaning out of everything. And if you can't find it, and if it's not attached to something bigger and greater than yourself, it's going to be a really tough go. It becomes pointless. I can't think of it right now, what it's called, but like the the hierarchy of functioning needs yeah oh maslow's yeah like, like, like you needs, have to start yeah. with the basics and then On the and you have to you have to have each one before you can go up yeah before you make it to like the top level of exactly. like self actualization that's why you need to eat yes yeah. <laughs> yeah. if you don't have yeah. food you can't even begin to discuss what what is meaning what is purpose and most people are inverting that triangle and then the triangle just tips over. That's <laughs> it's a uh, perfect way to say it. But imagine all the conversations we have with people where they do they do believe that life is pointless, that the Marine Corps is pointless, that whatever organization they're in is pointless, their lives are pointless. Uh, so how critical what you described, like the spiritual being connected to uh, what motivates you, what is your meaning and purpose, finding that. Having been a service member myself back in the day and having worked with service members as a civilian for the last 10 years, I mean, it's so easy to get caught up in negativity. Yeah. I mean, I think you can do yourself a tremendous favor. And I'm not saying this is easy, but choose your friends carefully. Mm. We're, we're talking about fighting risk factors with protective factors. Yeah the main one to focus on is social connection and yeah. social support. Yeah. Um, in fact, um, I think there's a lot of truth to look at the 10 people that are closest to you, mm. particularly friends. I, I, feel, I feel very strongly that your behaviors will be similar to the behaviors that they have. Eventually. So if all of your yeah. buddies are high-risk drinkers, it's almost a certainty that you are too. Or you might fall into that trap of it. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. we are social creatures. We naturally are going to do what other people do. Yes. Whether we like to think we're some rogue person, pilgrim who's like, I am... I'm independent. I'm independent, and people cannot influence this. I am a rock. It's not true. Quit being not an true. idiot. There's so many examples you can it's, give to, yeah. to disprove that. Yeah. yeah, there are millions of examples. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, the first rock concert I went to, next to him, I'm mosh pitting and I'm 110 pounds and I'm wow. slamming in it like, yeah. I'm like, this is, look at my body. You Why am been. I doing this? Yeah. It turned out it was actually kind of fun. It got out some aggression, but there's no way in normal society we I would have ever have chosen to do that, but there's all these people. And Megadeth's on the stage. Yeah. And this is just what we do. This is what we do. Yeah. And, and, and I didn't even feel like I chose to do it on a certain level. It just seemed that it just happened. I don't know how to explain it. And if you're around enough of the same types Choose of people. Choose your friends wisely. Yeah. Some of my favorite examples are look at elevators. 
Oh yeah. Everybody faces the same direction they in the elevator. And if you like face somebody instead of how weird is that? How, how strange does that feel? Yeah. <laughs> Everybody just behaves that way. We might do a yeah. podcast completely <laughs> right. on right. elevator etiquette. Yeah. yeah. Have the, yeah. Uh, I'm sure there's a PhD out there who focused their dissertation on elevator I'm etiquette. Sure. But you're absolutely right. We're quiet and we all look the same way or down or, or we don't know really what to do. And then we get out and we can be a normal human after that. We get out like, oh, hey, how's your day going? Blah, blah, blah. And then the elevator music, they purposely make it horrific. It's bad jazz, jazz, like Kenny G music. Like, yeah. That's not even jazz. Yeah. Like, at least have good jazz. I'm There's sorry, nothing, Kenny It's G. just a unique social yeah. experiment. Or That's look, right. or like the next meeting you go to, check your watch. Even if you're not wearing one, just go like this. Yeah. yeah. And then out of the, the corner of your eye, notice the other people that do it too. Yeah. yeah. Again, that's how we influence each other subtly. Yeah. There's going to be influencers, leaders, and followers. This idea of the social is incredibly important. Um, as we were talking, I got out of the total fitness. There was a fourth one. Maybe I missed it. So you, nutrition, you're saying they're on the four. Physical, mental, spiritual. And social. So we're touching social. on social. So we are, we are on the social. Sure. When you talk about risk factors and protective factors, Adam, the social, the community that you form, choose your friends wisely. And when you're in relationship and when you're in community with other people, that becomes a protective factor. How so? Absolutely. I mean, just one example is church. That is a community of people that are gathered there together. They support each other. They probably have similar interests. It's a large group of people, a lot of people that you can draw upon for support, for help that you need when you need help. Yeah. Uh, we're starting to see studies come out um, that show the benefits of church. And it's, I mean, there's qualities of, that are specific to the church, but what we're talking about is the social component to it. Yeah. The social connection, the social support. Yeah. Uh, whether it's church, whether it is, you, you were talking about this yesterday. Clubs, other examples, clubs, CrossFit yep. gyms. Yes. CrossFit gyms, yeah. Um, Surf, yeah. Surfing community. Surfing, surfing yes. communities. Yep. Yeah. Different kinds of clubs and things that we join. Right. Uh, for old people like myself, it's the Elks Club. Sure. The Rotary Club. The Rotary Club, John. Yeah. 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 Rotary, love the Rotary Club. But those kinds of human connections where there is a, by the way, meaning and purpose in those those clubs, even the surf club, tons of meaning and purpose in that. Absolutely. We're going to we're gonna share a good wave. We're going to wait in the lineup at Trestles. And we're going to BS, too, gonna, yep. while we're waiting. And the BSing is important. But there's something very powerful in the community. That's what you're describing as a protective factor. Uh, volunteering as well. This is something that I've gotten into um, both for my personal and professional development okay. with uh, Orange County Parks. There's the hat. <laughs> Orange County Parks. Go yes. OC. Yes. Yeah. So um, shout out to the OC. I'm spending my weekends that way. And there's all kinds of different activities that you could do. And I'm getting versed in them and offering to the Marines that I work with, Fifth Marines, you know, hey, uh, I'm doing this. I've done it. Um, maybe you might. Um, this might be something fun, different for you to do on your weekend, too. And there's also the 
We're always encouraging Marines and sailors to volunteer on base. They could go to the Rotary Club, um, the Warrior Warehouse in Horno, and there's so many volunteering opportunities. But when you're volunteering, you're giving back to humanity in some kind of way, and you're connecting with people. Yeah, and, and when I say volunteering, it doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean that you are actually, um, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're on the beach picking up trash. That's, that's one kind of volunteering. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, volunteers set up all kinds of events just for people to come and participate in. Yeah. So uh, this, this past weekend uh, at Casper's Wilderness Park, which is off of Ortega Highway here in Orange County. Yeah. Uh, on Saturday, they had Star Party, something where different volunteers in Orange County come out and they bring out their fancy, expensive telescopes. Oh, yeah. And uh, they focus on, they do it monthly. You know, each time they have like probably a specific constellation yeah. or something in mind that they want to do for that month. Yeah. There's several of these guys. And then one of them also gives brief intro to astronomy. And he has this, like the most high-powered laser I've ever seen. It's just like he could point to everything with this thing yes. in the sky. It was, the kinds that knock down yeah, airplanes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're not supposed to shine it at us. Radars go down. <laughs> in fact, he said he had to be careful with it. You know? <laughs> yeah. But uh, Casper's Park is probably one of the best locations in Southern California due to uh, being away from the marine layer and also uh, being away from light lights. pollution. It's kind of yeah. Off, yeah, same off with the high side. desert. Yeah. I think it goes back to our curiosity piece. The, the issue I have with our curiosity is insatiable, hence YouTube. So I'm thinking about young Marines now. Their curiosity is absolutely powerful and off the charts. Off the charts, and they're seeing, 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 seeing things, but they're Lots in relation to themselves and a two dimensional uh, thing. And it, it's it, manifested it, to watching videos on their phone. Exactly. And this is when, you, when we're talking about all these components of, of mental, spiritual, physical health. It is vital, and I've tried to... We have the benefit, the three old dudes here in this room, of having a life before uh, we had to be curious just to survive on a certain level. Like, as a kid, one of the reasons why, like, chaps, you can play guitar, drums, all these sports. I had nothing to do, and there was a guitar in the room. There was a kid who played basketball that who... And you just, since I'm a social creature, since like social media, right? There's a reason why it's so potent and powerful is because that's who we are. You just go and start hanging out with that person and you start getting good at that thing and you start enjoying looking at stars as your example. So the curiosity's there. It's the comfort that I find very challenging for human creatures. I don't want to say I'm better or worse than anybody. I recognize the benefits at a young age of doing something challenging, let's say even stargazing you have to learn constellations or whatever it might be or i'm into surfing now right when i got here very challenging and people are there and it's the same people almost every single day at 6 30 here at church early morning we're at what are we why are we doing this but you get out of your comfort level a little bit you get in that water you get into some in communion with somebody and that joy shows up that i remember from my childhood in a way that kind of I'm uncomfortable at first, I'm getting better at it, and now I'm meeting people and talking with people about something we both enjoy, and I go home happier. I feel a little more just, ah, I feel that life energy is floating around me a little bit. My work day is a little bit lighter. I'm a little more positive. When I find myself 
on the Curiosity device, which I go down YouTube streams like it, uh, after an hour or two of that, I get a little sick to my stomach, a little like, ugh, it just doesn't feel the same. And I'm wondering, that curiosity's there. How on earth can I convince my kids, I have three boys who aren't, two are teenagers now, to just stop doing that, do that uncomfortable thing and go see stars maybe i know it sounds strange well what a nerd no no go do it at five in the morning four in the morning it's a little cold and the whole world opens up i don't know i'm just trying to think of that and those components that makes me think of several things so when we were kind of trapped in lockdown with covid i'm grateful that we had phones and yeah ipads and computers and videos and we could talk to each other that way and and keep ourselves entertained yeah. to a certain extent and it innovation came out of that too working from home and creating a technology for that telebehavior health yeah uh, became a thing and is becoming more recognized as um just as effective as being in person for for certain things not all things but now that we've that we've have some distance from that I mean, as you, as you know, we're creatures of habit and we can get stuck in our ways and yeah, it's so easy for people to be addicted to their phones, totally uh, addicted yeah. to their devices. And, they, and that's kind of goes back to what I was talking about before. Make your world bigger. But what do you say to the person? I think how many conversations I know I've had a ton of them where uh, some of the, the Marines feel completely... <laughs> isolated and lonely and they describe themselves as incredibly shy and the idea of joining something bigger than themselves outside of the marine corps that is but like going to a club or talking with trying to find people to talk to is very painful because they're so shy they already feel outcasted alone and isolated I don't know how we convince that this is a good thing to do when you're so shy or maybe it's just the social's important and if you, if you pick one person, one person to connect with. And you can still go to a coffee shop and see people that are gathered there yeah. and they're all on their phones. Yeah, true, <laughs> true. You go in line. Yeah, it's kind of, They're you know, standing in line. Yeah. And what do you do? You pull your phone On out. dates yeah. as well. Yeah, 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 right. In the movie theater. <laughs> The dark movie theater. You pull your phone out. <laughs> yeah. Nothing yeah. more annoying than that. Yeah. Yeah. Again, there's so many great things about technology and what we can do with it and where it's going in the future, but there's there's pitfalls with it too mm-hmm. that are so yeah. easy to get into. Um, and again, yeah, when your world is small, and again, you're just hanging out in the barracks, drinking in the barracks, playing video games, communicating with people just on your phone. Yeah. That's a small world. And when your world is small, you're more at risk. Yeah. You don't have that social support. It, you, you have, I know to some people it feels real, but it's when you're online, it's easier to, to create this like echo chamber for yourself. Exactly. Where yeah. you're just looking for things that are just your own beliefs. Yeah. yeah, and don't challenge them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. G.K. Chesterton, yeah. this uh, uh, writer and scholar, philosopher, I love him. Beautiful uh, writer, yeah. and beautiful mind. He, he he joked that if you think in isolation, you t- end up being an idiot. And, yeah. and that all of us on a certain and level. And you believe in flat Earth. Yeah, well, yeah, all kinds of things. Yeah, 
And if you're just on that echo chamber that you've created yourself, you're never going to be challenged because there's no way. It's like taking a cold shower when you have the hot option. Am I going to turn it to the cold? Well, no. That's What's yeah. wrong with you? Yeah. I mean, hot showers feel so good. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's true. But then you crank the cold shower on. You're like, I feel better after this cold shower. What the hell just happened? Yeah. Well, what happened was is you got challenged by a different thing that is different than that idea or that idea. And when you're in communion with people, let's say like at church or at a CrossFit gym or working out or in the Marine Corps at a job, and you have to hear these contrary voices, all it does is help you <laughs> become more mentally, spiritually, physically strong. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm old enough to, to meet people. You had, you had to go out and actually go somewhere. Yeah. You have yeah. to be unless it's your own family. Like, I got to get out of here. It's work. Right. It's church. It's it's some. You had to go out and meet right. people. Yeah. 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 There's no other way of doing it. There yeah. were no dating sites. Right. There were no wet. <laughs> there were no apps, it, and uh, that's a lost art. It really is a, a, a skillfulness and an art to being able to uh, conver- have a conversation with somebody, make eye contact with somebody. I call it hiding behind your phone just so many people instead of having face-to-face conversations they're doing it through text message yeah and so much is lost our biology is saying to us connect with people hug people hold people i remember this one uh this youth speaker would go around and he'd make them all turn off their phones when he would begin his whole speech yeah what a killjoy they had to turn it off they had to put them in this bucket and he would speak to them Kind of like the old times where you're in communion and you're talking and having to listen, I guess, and you're just stuck like, oh, shoot. I'm going to listen to this turd for the next 30 minutes. What's he going to say to us? And then by the end of it, he asked them. They needed to hug the person next to them for seven seconds. Like You have to hold on to him for seven seconds. Picture how uncomfortable holding somebody for seven seconds is. That's awkward. But what's fascinating, I went to one of these events to watch what he would do with the young people, because obviously I'm, I used to be a youth pastor and some of these other things, like how do we get young people to connect? And it was fascinating when they were holding each other, these kids, after, many of them are crying, they're talking afterwards, they're, they're exchanging phone numbers after 30 minutes of just no phone, a dude talking, and they hugged each other. And then all of a sudden... What does that do for mental health? Obviously, that's exactly what they needed in those 30 minutes was a, just to be held, I guess, for seven seconds. And all the studies prove it. It's funny how we talk about babies. Yeah. Like, oh, they need skin-to-skin contact. Babies, they got to have. Well, what about humans? We all need that physical, social connection in the same room with people. And that's exactly what COVID showed us. Yes, all these advances happened, which I'm very thankful for. But yet we got really comfortable in our little worlds that were, it was almost forced upon us, right. let's say. And, and now we're facing the, oh my gosh, how do we even connect with people anymore? Yeah, yeah. How do I hug somebody for seven seconds? Yeah. That's a <laughs> long, and not yeah. feel weird and strange. Look or, at your, uh, your John, Apple John, going to make watch. you hug me for seven seconds after yeah. this. I don't know if that's a little forceful or aggressive. It's but. a little, yeah, There's it could be a little people, creepy. There are, there, there are people that are turning making videos into a business mm-hmm. oh, absolutely. that can make TikTok profitable, sure. YouTube, YouTube videos profitable, or even only fans. Yeah. Um, I don't, and then people see that and they think, oh, I can do that too. I don't know if it's that easy. If it is good for you. What, what we're trying to do 
is promote activities that are good for Marines and, yeah. and hopefully that they're interested in too. Yeah. Things that we've done specifically in the past year, uh, we organized a fishing trip, deep sea fishing trip. Oh. We've got mountain biking coming up mm-hmm. next month. There's been paintball. Oh, we've oh, done yeah, the, we yeah. did the surfing yeah. all summer, surfing. every Friday, yeah. everything provided free. Yes. All that stuff. Yeah. Surfing is something that we want to, um, arrange this year as well. Are you um, speaking? Kayaking. Uh, Are yeah. you speaking specifically of the outdoor adventure program? Like they, they, through Semper, that's one avenue. Like Semper Fit, um, I think. Okay. Yeah, that's something that oh, you can do surfing with them, All mountain sorts biking, of trips. and uh, I think they do, I think they have kayaking as well. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and um, camping. And hikes as well, but that's something that Marines are like, we hike all the time. Why do we want to hike? <laughs> yeah, um, sure. But yeah, the idea get out there, explore what's around you all around the camp and then get into this um the outdoor adventure program which i'm we're always mm-hmm. um talking about that yeah. with new joins don't just sit because this could all feel institutional even though it's two hundred twenty-five thousand acres it, it could feel institutional yeah. but get out get out of your rooms and get go explore well, and that's that what you're person, promoting if you got a car and you're yeah. 21 hopefully it's not too expensive of a car that you've been yeah. <laughs> loan sharked into but if you have a car grab Please be the one to grab four or five Marines. I tell people this all the time. In Southern California, there's a reason why people are paying $5,000, $6,000 a month to have a three-bedroom, two-bath house. It's not because they're stupid people. It's because this is an opportunity outdoors, connection, surfing, ocean, mountain biking, all year round. It's all year You could do those things in the same day. And all in the same day. I I live in San Clemente, and... I live where people vacation. Yes. I've got the ocean in my front yard and the mountains in the back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You will regret it. No doubt about it. If you're 19, 20, 21, 22, and you're like, oh, I didn't try surfing when I was down in South, uh, Southern California. I was there for four years. Call of Duty will always be there. <laughs> it will always, just like Netflix, all those, they'll always be there. YouTube always is going to be there. Absorb the culture in which you live, all the best parts of that culture. Yeah. Instead of saying, oh, it's so damn expensive in California, these morons here and taxes and damn it. And I think, well. Terrible politics. Well, I started surfing right when I got here. Why not? Because I'm a better person because I knew I wanted to do it. And I knew it would be good for my mental, spiritual, physical health. I just knew it. And you get in that water in a 4-3 wetsuit in the winter, which, right, I feel like a dolphin out there now. Yeah. And there's just something that happens. And now I can't think of a life without surfing. I'm like, oh, shoot. If they kick me out of this area, dang it, I'm going to. But if, if I go to, let's say, the East Coast, maybe I'll get into lobstering, right? That's the idea is if I get out there, let's see why people are connecting in these amazing, unique ways rather than be this isolated individual who, well, what would you do today? Well, I watched Netflix. Oh, okay. If Marines don't want to go to the events, we're trying to bring the events to the Marines. Yeah. Um, and we're also trying to do it where it's no cost or low cost. Yes. There's, there's so many things that you can do that uh, don't cost a thing. Or maybe you have to pay for $5 for parking at most. And for some of the events where there is, you know, maybe a more um, sizable dollar amount attached to it, uh, we're trying to get command to cover the costs. Right. And we've been successful for that. So Fantastic. Yeah. And and talk a moment about like the efforts. There were a lot of efforts going on with the uh, 5th Marine Regiment in small unit cohesion. And talk about the, uh, maybe just elaborate on the idea for 
small unit, how important that is for small unit cohesion. Team building. Team so, building. yeah, team building activities. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what we've well kind of been trying to talk about um, during this podcast is what could Marines do in their off time, not necessarily with people that they work with. Yeah. But now what you're talking about is like team building activities yeah. that they are doing with their shops mm -hmm. and so forth to kind of build that camaraderie. And do we see that as important or not? Uh, yeah, okay. I, I would say so. Where Leaders it think it's difference. important. Yeah. Um, Can it foster trust, trust between a junior and a senior person? We're hoping. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you've seen you've seen that a, yeah. a, a lot with what you deal with. Um, yeah. People having difficulty with the people they work with. New joins come to mind as one aspect of it how important it is to welcome them the right way. Yes. Yeah. So that they maybe get a mentor when they, when they come in or somebody that's looking out for them, making them feel welcome right away instead of kind of like it's the new guy and just piling on them. And there's a certain culture that is used to doing things yeah. and kind of repeating that cycle over and over again. Yes. Of yeah. How the new person has to kind of go through this, experience bad experience yeah 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 <laughs> and the bad experience yeah. somehow is going to shape you <laughs> yeah yeah we're going to um, really dish that bad experience out on you because you really need to learn the way i learned or enhance it more than i got it like, that's the thing yeah. is i gotta one up that there gotta one up that experience yeah i mean if your goal is to make the new person feel unwelcome to feel alienated to not want to be there as soon as they get there Oh, uh, mission accomplished. Yep, mission accomplished. <laughs> yeah. But that's exactly, Adam, I love what you're saying. And John, that question of unit cohesion, I can use an example here at First CB with Officer PT when we do it. Yeah. We're all like, oh, we got to go do this thing. But it, it's unique. It's interesting why we do it. We have good memories from it now. We are able to kind of joke about each other, about, you know, trying to hit a baseball. This one that we did the surfing, we did all kinds of things. And now after we've done this activity together as a unit, we have better conversations. We have more camaraderie. And it was effective, and it hit every single one of these touch points that you're talking about, Adam. There was a social element. There was a physical element. There was a spiritual element, right? And, and it does build a team, so to speak. And we like each other a little bit more. I will be more apt to say to a lieutenant, hey, let's go on a jog together, simply because we did something that was a little uncomfortable, that was healthy and good, not just blasting somebody, making fun of them in the, in the sand and making them do 10,000 burpees or something. It was more of, we're all doing this together. You're going to be good at this. Some of you might not be good at this. And we're going to have a good time yeah. with each other. And it's going to be challenging. And I found that as a very powerful experience just in this unit cohesion, uh, making all us brand new officers feel welcome. Yeah. And also, this is what we emphasize here is camaraderie, physical yes. fitness, social fitness, right? And now that I've had a little bit more time to think about it and also hearing you all uh, go into detail about it, it makes me think of quality of life, how mm. that's really one of the most yeah. important things mm. uh, leaders can do is help improve the quality of life of their wow. Marines and sailors. Yeah. And going back to where we kind of started with the podcast, um, living conditions, nutrition. So uh, one of the things that I do as um, a prevention specialist is a needs assessment. 
almost every single one that I've done, the top two things, unfailingly, that come out of it is we hate the chow hall. Our chow hall's, our chow hall's terrible. And uh, our living conditions are deplorable. Right. Mm. The barracks are in bad shape and they're not getting fixed in a timely fashion. Those are quality of life. Exactly. Yeah. Those, those are the, probably the top two quality of life things. Um, other things that we can do to help Marines out with that is their working conditions, their workspaces, the equipment, their computers. Are their computers fast? Are their computers slow? Do they even have a computer? <laughs> yeah. is, are, there, are there weapons? Are there, uh, is there gear? Do they have all their gear? Is it lost? Did they tell somebody that's lost? Yeah. Is it broken and they haven't, it's not fixed and they haven't told people? All these things affect quality of Absolutely. life. Absolutely. Mm. And, and thanks for touching on that as yeah. well, Adam, because we can't go back to, well, in the 1940s, we were in the dirt. Well, we're in the 21st century. And we're very thankful that there are heaters yes. in the 21st century. Mm-hmm. And if you were born with a heater in your house, that's a quality of life question. If that heater goes away, all of a sudden the world's over. And it's not, but at the same time, that's a quality of life type of... If you want people to, be, to feel like you care about them, basic yes. needs need to be met. Yes. And basic needs sometimes are changing. So how do we adapt to the basic needs of a 19-year-old in the 21st century in the Marine Corps? We have to not just say, well, give them a knife and an MRE and we'll call it a day. And, and don't get me wrong, there's a part of me that wishes that was part of you know, right. But that's just not the reality. So if those basic needs, so to speak, aren't being met naturally, oh, the Marines, they don't. They don't care about me. My my leaders don't care about me. But that's not necessarily the case at all. It's just some of those basic needs aren't being met, and they're associating that with, why can't you get this stuff done? And there's all this red tape, too, and there's all these other types of things that are, yeah. are preventing some of our leaders to get those basic needs met. Sure. But that is something they will look at and say, they don't, the Marine Corps doesn't care about me. Or the meaning nobody, may, yeah. they're going to make meaning out of that, yeah. rationally or irrationally so. And that's how you have to adapt. Which becomes a risk factor. I think that's also something helpful that leaders can do with their Marines is explaining to them what's in our control and what's out of our control. We are working on these things for you. These are some things that we just, we don't have control over them. Yeah. But we are aware of it. It's on our radar. And it might happen when you're not here. It might (laughs) take years for this to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, to me, if you want to build unit cohesion, it's improving the quality of life of your Marines and sailors and showing that you care. Yeah. Because if you don't show that you care, uh, why should I care about listening to you? It's white noise. It, it, it's the dad who never cared about me either, who, who would come home and said he cared about me. And you're like, dude, you never hung out with me. You don't know who I am. Like you never even, you don't even know who I am. Yep. And the Marine Corps, which I'm thankful for on so many other, so many great leaders who do foster that environment. Mm-hmm. And I've seen that, and when it, but it, when it is lacking, right, those 18, 19, 20, 20, their quality of life, it just goes down, it goes in the tank, and they naturally don't want to reenlist, and they will be coming and saying, my you know, leader hates me, or I hate myself, all kinds of information. So, Adam, 
Sadly, we're out of time. We could talk about these things for hours totally. and hours and hours. <laughs> we covered a lot of ground. We did, and I just want to say thank you for thank what you. you do. Yeah, what you, you do so is is vital for the mental, spiritual, physical health of, of Marines, sailors, and and our jobs. John and I, our jobs are a lot easier, a little bit lighter because of people like you, yes. who are willing yeah. to do the research, willing to study, willing to try and keep the ball moving forward in terms of mental, spiritual, social health. So I just want to say thank you so much for that. My pleasure. Thank you. Okay, thanks, Adam. Thanks, Adam. 